0: Hey, Merry Christmas, um, or Happy Holidays, I mean, depending on where your spirit is. You know, see, oh, celebrate Jesus. You, know what I'm like, you ever see like those uh, pictures of like Jesus, like decked out in, like Rambo, like with a Rambo body and 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 like guns and shit and holding American flag? Like, this is how I feel like. um... A certain percentage of of hardcore conservatives feel like, like Jesus was just kicking ass and taking names, you know what I'm saying, and like if you don't, you know, bear arms, <laughs> like if you don't do these things, then you're not a Christian or you're not, you know, like a um, an American, so... Welcome to the podcast. This is your first time listening, and that, that was super weird for you. If it is not, then you should have already buckled the fuck up, okay? <laughs> you know what's, what to, to expect. I'm a comedian, and I'm trying to get into the habit of just coming on here and just sharing either my week or like a comedy show that I just recently had, which I'm going to talk about, which is Toys for Tots, where I was able to raise $770, which is incredible. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, like, here's one, here's one, like why that's amazing. I have not made $770 from a single gig this year, you know, collection, sure. You know, like I'm working, I'm saving money, I'm stacking, I'm reinvesting in merch, so on and so forth. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if the IRS is listening. If they are, I've made $0. <laughs> Just make sure that's very clear. I've I'm not, I've not made any money. Um, ever okay? In fact, uh, IRS, you owe me money. Can you please uh, send me a check? I'd appreciate it. <laughs> um, so it, it was it was just amazing, and it was my fifth year of doing it, and it was the most money that 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 I had raised. And it, we'll talk about that in just a second. There was a previous episode where I do mention Toys for I had on uh, Ryan Thorson who essentially was the reason why i started doing toys for tots i you know he he was he was doing a show for toys for tots i think in kansas city and i was like that's that was a good concept you know like something to slap onto a comedy show say hey um come out it was you know december so I was like hey here here here's for a good cause that kind of thing and nobody showed up <laughs> like it was a pretty we had a crowd but the problem with the problem was the amount of money that I had to pay the performers, and you know the the marketing, advertising, like all that money that went into the show, I did not get back, and that's how these shows work. Especially when you produce, like you put all this money up front, and you you know set aside money for this, that, and the other, and then you just hope that on the back end that you 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 know you you break even or you'll make your money. So. The first one was 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 terrible. We got we got like uh nineteen toys or something like that. I don't even think that was the real number, but but no money. I was supposed to take like a certain percentage of the ticket sales and donate, but I did not have it. So 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 nothing, not at all. But it was it was still pretty cool to drop off a bag of toys for this amazing cause. And then the following year, I did it again, and it just it was overwhelming. Like we had toys all over the stage. And it's not a huge stage, but it, you know, it was, it was, it was just, it was a pretty dope turnout to, to give it another try. And then the third time was even better. And then fourth was last year and COVID hit. And it was like, are we still going to do it? Where am I going to do it? Because the location that I was doing it for the, for the previous two, they had shut down. The first show that I did was a ticketed event where once again, people paid to get in to, to watch the comedy, which is why. There was so much money that was put forth to the performers because I wanted to make sure it was a really great, you know, uh, show with, with, with special talent and and these comics were traveling. So the, the next year they were just free shows that I was doing at, at a brewery that I do called Mason city brewing in Mason city Iowa. And I'm just giving them a shout out because they deserve love after the relationship that we've had over the last couple of years, but they were closed for, for, covid last year and there was another spot that i was doing kind of shows sort of you know every three months you know because when covid i feel, <laughs> people act like it's not still going on but like when it hit hit you know when it was still scary quote unquote maybe that's the best way to explain it you know my shows are so spread out i was i was doing it at this you know particular place called uh <laughs> it's called surf district but we had a weird relationship but I had more successful shows there than not successful, which is always a great measurement. But they're and they're and they're they're in Clear Lake Iowa. they are like around the quarter from this place called uh The Surf, which is where uh Labamba la la, la 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 Bamba. Na, 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 that gentleman, he died. He okay he got in, did a show here, got in a plane, crashed. So sort of famous for, for that. And I remember talking to a dude, I don't know if he was on the, you know, the the cheer or the council or whatever. He was like, man, it kind of saved us here <laughs> because otherwise we would have to close down and like who knows what this place would have became. And it became great things. I was able to perform there and I'm getting off the point. However, last Friday, I did this my fifth annual Toys for Tots. I was back at the brewery. And the reason why they get this big shout out is because they really fuck with me. Like they really like support me. And again, there's still a business and that. That's, that's always important to say, because no matter what, this is a business, no matter what people want to make money, right? Um, what's in it for me. But the, like the bottom line or the underline is, is the, the mutual respect, the, the way that they support the way that they care about. You know, like I can just go to and do shitty shows every month once a month is, is kind of what we got worked out. but there's like a certain deeper level of investment of of making sure it's fun for everybody, it's universal, you know the talent. it's not just the same people just it's just not there is a huge difference between performing at a venue that wants you there. And they don't give a fuck if you're there. You know they don't give a shit. Like, hurry up and leave. You're like, you know you're paying me, right? You don't you don't care at all. You're not gonna make a flyer or share on your Facebook page or tell people about it. It's like, why did you agree to this? You know what I'm saying? I've had places where they like literally just want you to hurry up and leave. And I don't I don't know. I don't know why. Like it's it does not make sense to me maybe it's a regret thing or maybe and i'm sure this has happened when i was in arizona specifically is when we would set up comedy shows myself and bobby johnson who has been on a previous episode dj in uh, arizona uh, dj Mel b shout out uh, he would set up shows and i'm when he when he would arrive it's like oh you're black <laughs> i didn't i did not know i like i was not paying attention to the flyers or anything that you were posting it was just the conversation that we had or the email correspondence and um, mm, let's just let's wrap this up. So maybe that, maybe that, maybe race plays a part because it always does. I was uh, I was thinking about this today. I can't remember not thinking about race. You know, as a black man, it it is a constant thought. And it's not like I think about it twenty four seven, but I don't ever forget. <laughs> so, like I've never woken up and like. Man, fuck, am I black today? Like I've like it is it is a constant and and the threat levels are high, you know, and low. when my mom joined me for the show, which she comes out to like a show once a year, which so it's a big deal. And <laughs> we were driving past the sheriff and uh uh he had his brights on and I think he was just like parked at a at a stop sign or off to the side so we drove past him me driving the passenger seat or me driving the driver's seat. drove right by him and he had his high beams on he saw the two of us and obviously he he darted right after us and i know this again you know like let me just speak my spirit like i know there'd be some fucking skeptics. like you didn't know about race day day like well you, <laughs> you know, this is just my truth okay this is just my experience so calm the fuck down but i say that because there were at least two cars that had passed that was in front of us that had passed the secu- the the sheriff um prior to us so as soon as we passed darts out right behind us um <laughs> i was saying this at a comedy show oh i said this i said it on stage actually i was like you know <laughs> like one of the good things about being in lake mills because there's not much is making sure I'm known, so I'll jog around, I'll jog around the, the community in bright colors, um, and zero degree weather, just so people know, hey, that's Dayday, okay? He's such and such husband, uh, he's he's don't don't shoot him, please, <laughs> you know? so, Um, but he, he darted behind us. We were not speeding. This is one of those times I'm I'm driving my, my mother's car, not speeding, no tail light out, like no no reason to trail us for the good ten maybe that's exaggerating. Maybe it was a good five minutes. Just just for the protect the blues out there. You know, the blue lives matter people that, that listen to my podcast. Uh, not to say you can't support the police if you listen to my podcast. But to be clear, I'm a comedian and I am talking specifically about that certain that certain percentage that, you know, uh believe that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I <laughs> When I was a stage, I was like, yeah, I'd be running around the neighborhood in in an All Lives Matter t-shirt just so I don't get shot. (laughs) Like, I don't even have an All Lives Matter shirt. I just be, I paint that shit on. So, yeah, in that moment, my mother was really terrified. And, not as a immediate protector, just like, mom will be okay. You know, I sort of had to remain calm, had to Reduce my speed, even though I wasn't speeding. Um, it was 55 miles an hour. I was going 50, but I had to like you know throw both hands on the w- just all this other shit that I'm sure should not be. Um, what's, uh, what am I trying to say? Like all these other things that I feel like I it's important that I need to do in order to um, not be a threat to someone else. So. Uh, he followed us for a good while then he drove off and that was the story and I bring that all up to say I don't ever not think about it <laughs> and I don't know how how many people relate or even understand and maybe you don't need to but uh, that's my life <laughs> great choice for show show um, one, one of my things that I'm working on as far as material is just having something to say that's that that's a little deeper i i told a story of what when, when my mom thought i was gay and it wasn't even a joke it was literally a story and there was a couple of punch lines in there because i wanted it to become a joke but I'm, I'm trying to really work on sharing one uh, one of the one of the things that that comedians say you know veteran veteran comedians Because I guess doing it for 10 years sort of makes me a little bit of a veteran comedian to some. And I still feel like a a fresh meat. But they say, like, if you can kill just telling about your day, you know, just just no real material. But just, you know, really recapping and sharing that almost in real time as as it as it happens and then adding punchlines and tags here and there, and connecting them maybe to other bits that you already have. Um, that that's a real master. That's a real masterful um, way of comedy. And I started to be impressed by that when I would like, you know, ride in the car with uh, comedians, and then the next thing I know, they're on stage talking about a moment that just happened, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. And and It may not even be the the most hilarious bit or the most like the crowd goes wild, but it's also like a wink to the art. It's like, hey, we are like the four people that was in the car. We know what just happened. And look at me recapping. Look at me being in the moment and sharing that and getting a laugh out of a real life experience that just happened. And so that was that was kind of my decision to talk about the cop following us. (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's what I'm trying to do. Go a little bit deeper and share things in real time. And yeah, so my mom thought I was gay, and uh, it's also connected to the, the when I lost my virginity. But again, I've already told this story on the podcast, so you might have to just go back, or you may have the message to me, I'm like, "Dayday, what's the story?" Because I want to hear. But it'll be a, it'll be a joke that I'll be telling on stage sooner than later. Toys for Tots was this show that I started uh, a couple years back again it it originated as a a comedy show where I just tagged on hey we're going to give money to the kids bring a toy to let's do a variety show. Like those are those are always really fun to me. I've done comedy so much where I've done all comedy shows, I've been the only comic on a show, you know, comedy poetry where you know you you, you you're following a poet that you know, their response from the audience is snapping and how you expect them to clap and laugh like, you know, musicians like just varieties are really fun. Um, so, yeah, so that that's that's what we did again. I, you know, I have on the lineup was a couple of people that did comedy. One person who had never done comedy before, another person who had took like a hiatus, who had done it in a couple of different states and had asked to be back on the on the you know on the show, who, who asked to be on the show and then I had a poet the young lady I gotta make sure I mention uh, Miranda Moses who I've had on the podcast she was on the show she closed it out Uh, it was actually the first place that she had started this brewery and specifically Toys of Todd show two years ago Uh, this young lady named Tiff Musman who has um, (laughs) I don't know why this is gonna sound stupid but I'm gonna say it she's one of my favorite white women that I've ever met um, in the state of Iowa, like if I have a li- like if I have a top ten, um, she's in the top ten. I mean, I have to go through the list. Don't give me, don't give her. I don't want white women coming after me. You know, what I'm like, "Daddy, what about us? <laughs> I don't want y'all coming at me like that. But um, maybe, maybe she might be in a certain category, like people that I've met that that I'm I don't know very well, but have continued to have really great experiences with. Um, she's an activist. She's she's very like active in knowing a lot of these things that are happening and really speaking out about them. She's experienced some tragedy. She lost her son. Um, last year, September 11th, or was it this year? And uh, it was it, it was this year. It was a long time coming. Um, so she she's really like. Has gone through a lot, and after losing her son, she dove right back into painting. I'm gonna ask her to be on the podcast. I think she would love to if she's up for it. But she get, she dove into painting. That was just kind of a talent that she had, and she stopped doing it for a long time. And lost her son, got back into it, and the pieces that she's been making have just been fantastic. And I don't know if we were just talking or if I was like, "Hey, you should you should be on you should be on my Toys for Tots show." because the toy's potatcha was really open for anybody and uh she's like sure but i don't know what i would do and i was like how about we you know you can come and talk and and you know sh- say share what you know do whatever you want to do but what if you had like some of your uh pieces your paintings and we auctioned them and we did and it was incredible out of the 770 that we raised we raised 600 from her paintings and that was just amazing. And I asked her before the show, I'm like, hey, do you want to give like half or a percentage of it's just like all of it. And this was by far the most emotional show I've ever done, the most emotional comedy show. And I'm sure there's a list. I got to dig deep. I know my comedy album was that like it, it it, instantly took the cake because there was so much emotions prior, during and after but this was it this was you know like there was moments of wanting to cry of joy of you know just you know, just you know she got on things she and she told she told the story um or she shared about her her son losing losing her son and there was just other moments of the night you know everybody's generosity everybody really just supporting and There was just poetry that really, you know, pulled at your heartstrings. And then there was comedy that we just needed. I'm telling you, like, sometimes I do feel underrated because what I do and at the highest level of when I'm doing it is, it's more than just dick jokes. And, and, you know, it's, it's really making people feel better and feel good and laughing and getting that out. I'm telling you, when I hear I haven't laughed like that in a long time, or I needed that laugh, that's like, yes, uh, me too. So, uh, shout out to all the performers because we couldn't have done the show without them. Ra, my barber who was on a couple episodes ago. He uh, he's he's been on stage a couple of times and uh, <laughs> he got on stage and he told two stories and um. It was it was just it was it was really beautiful to see. It was a really beautiful night and a very emotional night. And I wanted to wanted to share that with you guys because one of the things like one of the goals that I have as we go into next year, it's like, okay, what's your goals? What are you trying to fucking do? What you what do you want to accomplish? And I want to really make sure that the brand is out there. Day piece comedy. Hey, I do comedy and hey, I'm really good. Right? Like you're not getting shitty bar comedy or open mic comedy and I'm not trying to take a stab at you know anybody in particular I'm just saying like where I'm at right now not there um, I've, I've, I've done that I've spent that time I've done you know I've done those rooms and I'm not that type of comic anymore um, I'm not you know crews and casinos like I'm not where I like to be where I'm making a grip off of a show you know showing they set they set me up in in nice hotels where I can steal you know high quality toilet papers for those who's been following my instagram stories but you know i'm 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 pretty decent so one of the things is I just want to get a little bit more tied into the community. I feel like right now I have an opportunity to really expand and connect deeper to just the North Iowa community. And maybe even a little bit of the Southern Minnesota. And I like to, I like to really do that. Um, I got to figure out how. But that, that's what I like to work on. So that's just me sharing. Uh this was supposed to be a Christmas episode, which I didn't talk anything about Christmas other than oh I mean we got toys for Todds and, and I was able to drop off uh eighty-four toys. Um and that's really cool because the previous years the first year we made zero dollars and the second year we made a hundred dollars which was like we got kind of close and then I just threw in a couple of extra dollars to make it an even hundred. Um the third year we did like $200, I think. Or $150. Uh, I literally just posted it today, but I forgot. And then last year, even though we had a really small turnout, because it was COVID, and we, we, prom- we only had 19 toys for this show last year, we had like $281. And that was just amazing. With everything that had been going on. And this year you know even though we only had 84 84 toys so short of you know the 100 or 150 that we've had prior $700 almost $800 is is incredible and $600 to come from one particular woman's art was was amazing that she was like hey I'm here for for the show for the kids for you and let's just rock this and I was just like oh my goodness so Yeah, that's, that's, I am that's the episode. Well, let let me get to my Christmas stories. If I can get, if I can get there very quickly, I wanted to talk about like, oh, Christmas means to me, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't remember, I don't know if I have selective memory, if I block things out because of trauma, but I can't really remember my favorite Christmas moments, you know, like honorable mention was last year, just because it was the first time the the peace family my family a family of 5 were all together but it was it was covid you know what i'm saying it was it wasn't a bad christmas we try to practice this no cell phone electronic thing but we did miserable because we ended up all getting on our phones by the end of the night and but it, there were some great christmas times because one of my favorite things when we used to live in arizona it was really just me monica my wife my mom and it was just our older son, so it was really like the four of us, and we just—it was—I really sort of enjoyed or maybe appreciated that. I uh, remember my first Christmas, <laughs> my first Christmas in Arizona. Like my first Christmas and Thanksgiving in Arizona were a lot of fun. My my sister was a part of them, and they were—that was just dope. You know what I mean? Like I had shorts on, like I was in a hot tub, like it was—it 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 was crazy. I loved it. Um. And so I started like thinking like okay um, I remember like the first christmas is for most babies ain't shit <laughs> you know what I'm saying like people be raking in those like first christmas ornaments and t-shirts and outfits no was, those are dumb like I don't I don't care for any of that I like I like year 2 I, I guess year 2 to 5 4 5 um, are probably my favorite because that's when we keep the Santa thing going still but also it's just that it's like it's like a, it's that type of excitement of of opening presents and going through the motions now that we have you know three young kids like, i can't imagine how things going to be but i look forward to that as a parent like those are one of my favorite moments is them waking up and dragging us down the steps and opening presents we used to always growing up we used to open our presents at midnight so there, there was a time where we like went to sleep at eight and we would sleep for a couple of hours. And then I my mom would wake us up and we would open our presents all at midnight. And they were great because we would go, you know, open presents. And then we would always usually or typically have like one toy that we play with throughout the night. And and then we go to sleep at like eight eight AM and sleep for a couple of hours, and then wake up and then play with the rest of it. It was it was a it was kind of fun. Like I really I really enjoyed it. It was it was kind of a cool way to spend Christmas. And then my mom got in a relationship with a with a man for like 10 years and he had different traditions. So we stopped opening them at midnight and that changed to open them opening them I think up in the in the next day in the morning. And I don't know if we used to open some when we woke up and then open some later. I think that's I think that's what we did. And it might have something to do with him having a, he had two kids that was living with us, two sons, two boys that were living with us. And then an additional boy. And I think, uh, we would have like almost two Christmases. I think that that was, if I can remember correctly. And one of my favorite Christmases, I don't know which year I'll have to go back and look, but the year I got a talk boy. That was that, that, that is Mount Rushmore of Christmas toys that that I received. That Talkboy was one of the greatest things ever made. <laughs> it was, and I wasn't even crazy into Home Alone. I, and it, honestly, that might be the reason why I love Home Alone to this day. Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Anything else after that was dumb. They they dropped the new one on Disney Plus and it got like a 16% Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm not saying Rotten Tomatoes is the bees all, all of, of ratings, but... Uh, sometimes they are right they're more right than wrong <laughs> and I just I loved I loved that talk boy I would record I would I did a talk I did a talk radio show I think <laughs> that I would record you know songs off the speaker off the radio because <laughs> that's how you used to do it back then you, you push record you hold it up to the speaker and it has horrible feedback <laughs> but he's like this I have this song forever now on my cassette tape Oh my God! I know there's gonna be some at least four people listening. That's like a cassette tape. I've never. What, <laughs> you're trying to learn Spanish with why? Why are you listening? What's well, a Walkman? So whatever you do, hope you have a great Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you're celebrating. I hope it is filled with some love and laughter. And if you're going through anything. I started the season talking about my cousin who um, was kind of going through a little bit of a, a suicidal contemplation, and I'm—I don't even know if that is the, the best way to summarize it, really quickly. But check out the first episode. But things are a lot better. We've had conversations. I've had uh, at least one or two people like ask me like, "Hey, you never really followed up on that on that episode. Like, how is she doing?" or and she's doing she's doing a lot better, but I also thought the best part was she called me up and, and we had a conversation about it. And I think it's just important to have those types of conversations, no matter how hard they are, how much we may not want them, we, we may not want to. But that feeling of alone and 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 not loved, and I, I just believe it's, it's way more universal than we than we than we think. And if we can find people that, you know, that are in our lives, that love us and, you know, want, want us here, things like that, like uh, we, we should talk about it. There's always a better way. So I, I bring that up because, you know, a lot of people lost a lot of people last year through COVID and a lot of other reasons. And it just may may be hard. Um, but, hey, I love you. I don't know who you are that's listening, but I, I mean that. You know, unless you're a piece of shit person, you know. And <laughs> so I, I, I don't really mean it. I'm just saying it. But to uh, so the people that really fuck with me, that where, where your heart and your spirit are always in the right place, and you're trying, I love you. You ever want to talk? Hit me up, and uh, I'll see you next year. Till next time, peace.